The last thing we're discussing was if an animal ate an area of someone's field, we assess it compared to one sixtieth. And the Gemara brought a story where a person destroyed someone's palm tree, and and he came in front of Resh Galuta. He told him you got to pay one third. He came to Rav Nachmania. He compared it to another sixty palm trees, and Rabbah was not happy. He said that the one sixtieth thing is only in regards to animals, not humans. And Abaye proved to Rabbah based on contrasting to Braithot that that 160th assessment is also in regards to human being damaging. And with that, we're going to start Nuntet Amudalif, 10 lines in last word on the line where it says Amar Abaye. Okay, now we're on the 11th line in. Amar Abaye, Abaye said, Rabbi Yosegali, Rabbi Shema'il, Amru Davarehad, Rabbi Yosegali, and our Mishnah said that if an animal uh, ate a certain area, damaged in a certain area when it's still uh, sapling, where it's still uh, if an underripe, uh, not developed yet, we wait until the rest of it uh, fully develops and we see whatever it's worth and we tell the person, well, this is what you ate and it would have been worth this much and this is what you have to pay. So Abaye says, Rabbi Shema'el holds like Rabbi Yosei Rabbi Yosei Hadi Amaran, Rabbi Yosei we just saw in the Brayta, and Rabbi Shema'el de Tanya. The Torah says in regards to an animal walking into a friend's field and uh, eating something or trampling on something, it says, Metav Sadeo Metav Karmoy Shalem. The Torah says you have to pay the best of the field, the best of the vineyard. Metav Sadeu Shal Nizak or Metav Karmoshal Nizak the Rabbi Shmael. Rabbi Shmael says the best of the of the person who's been damaged properly. Rabbi Akiva Omer Loba Katuv El Ligbotlin Nizakin Min Haidit. The Pasuk is coming to say that someone who's been damaged, he gets the he gets payment from the best of the damager's property. Meaning, if you're just paying money, pay whatever you want. But if you're paying land, you have to give it from the best of your land. And same idea if it's a Kedesh. If someone damaged the property of a Kedesh, you have to pay from the best of your land. And don't explain Rabbi Shemayel like Rabbi Baravin, the Amar of Idi Baravin, that when Rabbi Shemayel said the best of the damaged person's property is only in a situation, Kegon she'achala aruga bena arugot, we're talking about a situation where the animal walked in, ate a part of the land. We don't know if it ate a good part of the land, bad part of the land. They just ate, or they're not sure. And Ravi Idis explained that we are posek, that the owner of the animal has to pay the best of the property that the person has right now. The hachi lo amina. We don't hold like Ravidi Baravin. My tama. What's the reason? Because very simply, hamotzi mechaviro alavaraya. Because we know the famous proof that the person trying to exact money from someone, that's the one who has to bring the proof, and he does not have proof that that the other person's cow ate from the best part of his property. Ella, the way to explain Rabbi Shmuel when it says metav sadeu shalizak, the best of the damaged person's property, is bemetav dilkame. We assess it based on the best it's going to be. Umayni, who? What are we talking about? Ki the salik, the best it's ever going to be. Meaning at the time where you're going to cut it, meaning when it's fully developed, that's what you have to pay based on what it's going to be. And Amar Mora, we learned in the Brayta, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, Omer Mishum Rabbi Shimon, Bamidvarim Amorim. When do we assess based on what the property was lost? That's she'achlalu levegefanim ve'yichure te'anim. 
Mishim Omer Yehuda said it's only when it ate the vines of the grapes or it ate the the branches of the figs, meaning there's nothing that came out yet. Ha semadar, but if they already started coming out, they're small grapes. We look at these small tiny grapes as if they're already large grapes ready to be uh, cut off the tree. On the other hand, emasefa. In the Sefer, it says, It's only when you ate them like small figs or small grapes. That's when you look at them as if they are large grapes ready to be uh, cut off. But if they're a little bit smaller than, than that, then you look, you have to assess what's it worth now, what was it worth. So there is a contradiction between the Resha and the Sefa. The Resha sounds like these small Semadar fruits, they're considered fully developed fruits. On the other hand, from the Sefa, they have to be a little bit bigger than that. And if they're just Semadar, they're considered part of the ground. So Amar Avina, Keroch Vitane. You got to teach the Dresha and the Sefa together. It's not two parts. Rather, Bamed Varimamurim, the Sefa is explaining the Dresha. What are we talking about where we assess based on the land? That's only if you ate the, the grape vines, the branches of the fig tree. There's no fruits yet. But if you ate them when they're semadar or pagin or boser, whatever size it is, we look at them as if they're fully developed grapes. So the Gemara asks, then Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda is exactly Rabbi Yeshua. They have the same halacha that the semadar is considered fully developed fruits. So the Gemara explains, the difference would be is kahash gufna. There are grapes that get ruined as a result. So most grapes are good, but there are grapes that get ruined. So let's say uh, 95% come out good, 5% don't come out good. I just made up a number, but let's say 5% don't come out good. So the mahlokit between Rabbi Shimon Yehuda and Rabbi Yehoshua is in regards to that 5%. Does he have to pay for it? Or do we say, listen, in general, 5% don't come out good, so we we subtract it. Vila misayme, but we're not sure who holds what. Abaye Amar misayme, misayme, no, 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 it's very clear who holds what. Mantana de hayish de kahashkufna. Who's the Tana who holds that we have to worry about the weakening of the of the vineyard meaning you have to take off that let's say that make believe five percent maybe shimon ben yehudai netanya we learned in in regards to someone who is honest he forces his way with a betula the torah says if someone was with the with a betula a woman who's never married before if he was with her by force he has to pay 50 ksf to the to the father plus all the other damages that he did rabbi shimon ben yehuda omer mishum rabbi shimon ben menasya Rabbi Shimon holds that if someone forces way with a uh, with a betula, he does not have to pay the tsar the what the pain that he caused because she's going to end up having to have that pain one way or another with her husband. Amrulo and they told him, They told him you can't compare the pain of a of a betula who's nivailet, uh, who's with uh, someone by force, to, to if it's her own wanting. When it's be honest, it's the pain is much greater, and that's what hachamim hold. You have to pay for the tsar for the for the pain. 
Now, over here we see that Rabbi Shimon wants to take away the, the money for the Tsar because she's going to have that Tsar anyways. So maybe, uh, same idea over here. He's also going to think about that 5% that in the future is going to be no good. So the same way he thinks of the pain over here, he thinks of the 5% that are not going to come out good. So that has to be him. And Amar the following Tanaim that we're going to mention, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda, all hold the same shita. Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda had Amaran. We just saw Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda in regards to the ones and the five percent or the whatever the small percentage that won't come out good in the vineyard. And Hanetanaemai. So who are these Tanaim? The Tanya. We learned in regards to if a person damaged, hurt a pregnant woman and he caused her to have a miscarriage. Rabbi Omer. We subtract from the payment the money the the father, the husband, would have had to pay the midwife in order to birth his wife. Although it's a, it's a lot more painful the way they did it than the way the midwife did it. But at the end of the day, the result is the same. And therefore, you don't have, we don't have to pay for it. You also have to subtract from the payment the money he would have to pay his wife's food while she's pregnant. When a pregnant woman eats more, and now that she's not pregnant, you don't have to pay that extra money, so then I'm not paying you that. Now, according to the BOC who says subtract the money for the midwife, all the more so you subtract for the food. But according to Ben Azai, who said we subtract the money for the food, but we don't take away the money of the of the midwife. Because the husband can always say, listen, my wife is smart and she doesn't need a midwife. I, we could, she could have done this on her own and, and pay me that extra money. But bottom line is, you see, Reviosi and Ben Azai, they both hold that we take into account bad things that can happen in the future, the person paying for the midwife, that's a loss right there, or the person paying for food, that's a loss right there. So we take all that into account. The same way we take into account, either with the honest, the future pain, or with the, with the grapes, the, the, the couple of percent that won't be good. And the Gemara says a story of Rav Papa, Rav Huna, the son of Rav Yoshua, they they were poseka halacha like Rav Nachman b'shishim, and they and they assessed a, a palm tree based on sixty other palm trees. Lishda harina, another way of saying the story. Rav Papa v'Rav Huna b'Rav Yosua, Yeshua, Shamu dikla agav ketina de'ara. They assessed the area where the palm tree was. How much was it with? How much is it without the the tree? And the the and the damager had to pay the difference. So the halacha is like Rav Papa and Rav Huna when it comes to a not important Arami palm tree, it's not important, so they don't assess it by itself. Rather, they assess it compared to other things. And halacha is like Resh Kaluta when it comes to an important Persian palm tree where we assess it by itself. And the Gemara says a story. Eliezer Zaira hava sayim misane uchme. Eliezer the small was wearing black uh, uh, shoes, just like an avel. Vekae beshukad in hadea, and he was standing in the marketplace of hadea. Ashkehu de bereshkalutad. The people of the house of Reshkaluta found him. Ve'amrulan told him, "My shana hane misane. Why are you wearing these uh, black uh, shoes? You like an avel?" He told him, listen, I'm in mourning over Yerushalayim. 
Are you important enough to to mourn over Yerushalayim? Who do you think you are to, to just mourn on Yerushalayim the entire year? They thought he was trying to be haughty, like I'm more religious than everyone else. So they brought him and they put him in jail. Listen, I'm a big tamid hacham. How are we supposed to know that you're a big tamid hacham? Either you ask me a question or I ask you a question. So the, the people of Rishkota said, okay, you ask the question. So asked them, If someone cuts someone's dates off the tree while they're still small, they're not fully developed. So what does he have to pay? So They told him he has to pay for whatever he damaged, these small dates. He asked them, but one day they're going to be big dates. Amrude, the people of Rishkelta told him, Okay, then if that's the case, then he's going to pay the big, uh, as if they're big dates. But he didn't take uh, the big, fully developed dates. So why are you making him pay more than what he damaged? Amrude, the people of Rishkelta told him, Rabbi, you tell us. So the Isaac Zahira said, You assess it compared to 60 others. You assess how much is this land worth with 60 palm trees with the small dates, and how much is it without uh, that one tree. And you, whatever the difference is, that's what he has to pay. They told him, Man Amar who holds like you? So the Isaac Zahira told him, Ha Shmuel, hi, listen, Shmuel's alive, is Betin is there. So Shadru came to Shmuel. They sent the same shayla to Shmuel. Amalehu Shapir Kamalachud. Shmuel told him, "Listen, he uh, said correctly. Beshishim, the halacha is he compared to sixty. Let him pay the difference." Ushvakuan. They left him alone. They realized he was a he was a tamid hacham. Next, we learned in the Mishnah. Rabbi Shimon Omer, achala perot kemurim. If he ate fully developed fruits, he has to pay fully developed fruits. The animal fell over here, walked over there, ate the fully developed fruits. Yes, they pay it, and we don't assess based on whatever is on the on the ground. Now, my tama, what's the reason we assess them on their own? And the Gemara explains because had the Amar Hamanu be'arbis de'acher, we doresh that pasuk where damage in someone else's field. The fact that says the word sadeh. We we learned that when we assess damage, we based it based on the entire field. That's something that needs the field. But these fruits, they don't need the entire field. So you just have to pay what they are one by one, not as part of the Sadeh. Rav actually halachale mase judged like what Rabbi Meir who pasak el chetak Rabbi Shimon. But when he taught the students, he was posek like Rabbi Shimon. Dan Rav Rabbi Meir. Rav judged like Rabbi Meir. The Tanya we learned if if katav larishon if a husband sold a piece of land to someone else. Now that land was linked to his wife's ketubah. Velo hatmalo, and she didn't sign on that uh, on that contract. She said, "No, this is this below. It's lean to my ketubah. I'm not signing off on this." 
and then he then he tried selling it to someone else Lasheni Vehatamalo, and then but for the second person uh, she okay she's okay with. Uh, uh, the, the land being sold to the second person at that point, she lost out on her ktuba. Since you uh, you had the ability to say no, and you didn't, and you signed off on it, then uh, you can't use the excuse that oh he forced me into it, and therefore you lost your ktuba, meaning you cannot uh, exact payment from this land. She could always say, listen, I was just trying to appease my husband. I was trying to calm him down. He was going to get upset if I didn't sign it. Uh, you guys can't come to me with uh, with, with saying that uh, this land doesn't belong to you. No, it belonged to me. So he taught that like Rabbi Meir. But when it came to Halakha Lema'aseh, he was posek like Rabbi Shimon, ki haditna, like we said, Rabbi Shimon Omer, achala perot kemurin, meshalemet perot kemurin, im se'a se'a, im satayim satayim. We learned in our Mishnah, if, if, if the animal ate uh, fully developed fruits, you have to pay fully developed fruits, whether for se'a, you pay for a se'a, two se'a, you pay for two se'a. Now, although this uh, whole thing with Rabbi Meir has no connection to over here, they brought it over here just uh, for the second part that, uh, to show that he was posaic like Rabbi Shimon. That's the way the Shita Mekubet explains the reason they brought this last piece. Next, Mishnah. If a person made a pile of crop in his friend's backyard without permission, and the owner of the field's animal came and ate it, patur. The owner of the field doesn't have to pay for it. He could always tell him, you, you had no right to put a pile over here. And if the owner of the field's animal got hurt over there because of that pile, the owner of the pile has to pay. But if he had permission to put his things over there, to put that pile over there, at that point, the owner of the field is obligated to pay if any damage happens to the crop. And the Gemara right away asks, It sounds like our Mishnah is not like Rabbi, because the Ike Rabbi, Hamar didn't he say before, He said before in Dafim Zayn, that the owner of the field has to accept upon himself that he's going to safeguard it. And he over here didn't safeguard it, just gave him permission to put it there. So over here we're talking about the guard over the 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 wheat crushing place, meaning the the owner of the field, his job is to watch other people's uh, crop before they crush it. Once he told them you could bring your stuff here and crush your wheat, he's basically saying that I bring your stuff over here. I'm going to watch it for you, meaning since it's his job. Already his language is different, or whatever he says means different things. Next, Mishnah. If a person sends a fire with a deaf, mute, an imbecile, a child, and they went and they burnt a, 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 someone's a pile of crop, the, the person who sent them is exempt to pay if you brought him to regular human court. However, he's hayav in dine shamayim. In the shamayim, he's obligated. Shalah biyad pikeah hayav. But if he sent it in the hands of a competent person, that competent person is hayav. 
If one person brought fire, the second person brought wood, and he put them on the fire, and because of that, uh, it, the wind came and uh, moved the fire everywhere, and it damaged. The second person who brought the wood is the one who's liable for damages. Or if one person bought wood and the next person put fire on top of it, then Hamevita or Hayav, the one who brought the fire, is the one who's liable. If another person came and I guess maybe put some wind over there, blew air over there, and he made the fire big, Hayav, that person is the one who's liable because he did the main work. If a wind came, and blew into it and caused a greater fire, everyone is patur. And the Gemara starts, Amarish Lakish When do we say that the person who sent the fire in the hands of a Hiresh Katan, he's patur Adam? That's when you gave him a call, it's not on fire. And this Hiresh Katan caused the fire, they took a match, they blew into it, they did whatever they had to do, and all of a sudden they created a fire. Okay, your patur big dinadam, because all you did was give him a, a piece of coal, and then this uh, kid went and made a big fire. Aval masalo shall have it, but if you gave him an actual fire, a candle that was lit, hayav, you're even hayav bidinadam, my tama, what's the reason? Because over there, ma'asav kagarmulo, because your actions over there is what caused the damage. When you gave a fire to a child, you're the one who caused the damage afterwards. And same idea with the deaf mute or the imbecile. That's Rish Lakish. Even if you give him a fire, patur midina adam. Why? It's the handling of the deaf mute person, the child, that caused the fire. You're not obligated until you give him dry wood, thin kindling wood, a candle. Because in that case, okay, for sure, whatever your actions were is what caused the damage. So if you just gave him one thing, okay, then it was poor handling on the part of the child or the Hereshotev. But if you give him everything, then it's you who caused damage, and therefore you'd be even Hayav Bedine Adam. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Amen Amen.